Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we are going to be taking a look at some more mascots, but not just from hockey, but from around the world, or at least the world of sports. I've pulled up a fun little article from Bleacher Report, which ranks the top 25 pro sports mascots. I wanted to see what the best mascots are, given that we have covered a lot of hockey mascots from the AHL and NHL over the past couple of episodes. Is there a rival to the greatest mascot, Gritty? Stay tuned to find out. Before we get to the fun stuff, I did want to tell you a little bit about one free agent from Winnipeg who is actually signed now with the New Jersey Devils, and this is left-shooting defenseman Dmitry Kulikov. Kulikov, I think, was very much a player that a lot of people... I don't want to say hated, but kind of hated in, in fan terms, and I feel like Kulikov didn't really get a fair shake towards the end of his Jets tenure. You know, when he was signed, he definitely was overpaid, and for the most part, he had trouble living up to those expectations. Ironically, though, in this last season or so, Kulikov was actually a pretty decently reliable number four or five defender, and I feel like New Jersey getting him for just a year at a little over a million, that's pretty darn good value. You know, it's not like the uh, the Devil's defense is exactly stout, so this guy brings a little bit of veteran experience, he's very physical, and sometimes he actually has pretty good spatial awareness. Obviously, the concerns with him kind of come to his decision-making under pressure and and sometimes he's not always great on the puck but then he also has these moments where he pulls off a really amazing pass demonstrates great vision and can often pull off really great assists if and when he's activating offensively most of his value though is definitely in the defensive zone which is kind of funny because that's also where he makes a lot of his more egregious mistakes i feel like kulikov is one of those guys who for whatever reason, always seems to get punished harshly for some of his mistakes, including turnovers near the net, maybe a missed pass here and there, or just a missed assignment or check. He also did have a tendency to take a lot of penalties, but I think for the price tag that New Jersey signed him for, that's the kind of deal I was looking for Winnipeg to do if they were thinking about extending him. For just a season, at a little over a million, I really would have liked him to anchor that third pairing and bring a little bit more depth to a team that doesn't really have any. I know people are certainly a little bit down on Kulikov, but again, as like a third-pairing defender with potential second-pairing usage if things kind of get a little bit hairy, Dimitri wasn't actually as bad as people think he is. He was solid in his own end, and I feel like to some degree, he would have been a fine resigning. He just kind of has to stay healthy, and that's a big ask of him. Aside from that, news around the league has been a little bit on the slower side. We do have a couple of contract extensions, including Jake Vertanen for two years at $5.1 with the Vancouver Canucks, and Denis Gurionov signing actually an identical contract with the Dallas Stars. I very much like the Gurionov contract because it's kind of a show-me deal. I feel like Dennis is one of those players where I'm not 100% sure he can actually sustain the numbers that he's been putting up, but if he can, and if in fact he is this good, then this is an ideal opportunity for Dallas to figure out what exactly he's made of. Vertanen's deal is is a little bit questionable in the sense that as far as what he brings to the ice and to the team, I'm not really sure that he's more than a fourth liner at this stage of his career. I think that he can be a, a decent possession driving player who 
essentially just maintains control of the puck and doesn't really bring a whole lot else. He is kind of like a physical winger, and he does have some grit, and certainly he can be effective at times in more defensive roles. But beyond that, I'm not really sure if Vertanen brings enough for me to a thought that he should be coming back on a deal. Infamously, of course, Vertanen was drafted instead of Nick Ehlers, who came to Winnipeg instead. And I think Vertanen, in a lot of ways, has never quite lived up to the billing of the pick that Vancouver spent on him, which is not exactly shocking. Ehlers, I think for a lot of Canucks fans, that was the guy that they wanted. But of course, Vertanen ended up getting picked. And I think at the time, a lot of Canucks fans probably accepted it because they thought Vertanen, for some reason, was a great prospect. Didn't really pan out that way, though. And you know, Vertanen's career has kind of tailed off to the point of being like a fringe third liner. I mean, you know, he's not a terrible player. I think that that is something that a lot of people maybe mistake about him. He's not a bad bottom six player. It's just given where he was drafted and who was taken after him, he's always going to be disappointing in some capacity. Among the other contracts that we've got, we see Connor Brown signing with the Ottawa Senators for three years at $10.8 million, which I wouldn't say I, I hate, but I'm also not a huge fan. I mean, when it comes to depth players like Brown, I think that they do have a role, and some of them should be extended for at least a little bit of cash and some term. I'm not sure if Brown necessarily falls under that category. I think that he's a pretty decent bottom six player. He's definitely hardworking, and he does like to get into the greasier scoring areas, but beyond that, I'm just not really convinced that I would be signing him for three years with so much cash on the table. Then again, this is the Sens, and they kind of need at least a little bit of term and some salary hits to kind of keep the team at least, you know, legal by all standards. On the free agent markets, we have seen a couple of interesting minor contracts handed out. Dominic Simone signed with the Calgary Flames for just one year at 700000 which in my opinion is a great value deal. Simone obviously didn't stay with the Penguins, and I feel like to some degree that may not be the best choice. I think that Calgary may have gotten a really nice bottom to middle six forward. We'll see if Simone was a product of, of the kind of play that Pittsburgh likes to create, or if in fact he is actually this talented and he ends up fitting in nicely somewhere in that middle six for the Flames. Chris Russell also extended with the Edmonton Oilers for one year at $1.25 million, which is, you know, not too bad. I say it's not too bad in comparison to his previous contracts. I feel like if you pay a bottom pairing defender a little over a million, at this point I'm not really sure that you can say too too much about any sort of complaints other than hoping that he doesn't get a ton of ice time. I feel like there are better ways to spend that same cap hit, but Russell again has familiarity with the Oilers. They seem to like him a lot, and it's just a season for a pretty cheap deal. He's definitely not as bad as some of the other, you know, bottom pairing defenders that are out there, but of course Russell's value at this stage of his career is uh, definitely more limited than you'd expect. So I think that on this contract, they're basically asking him to play third pairing minutes, or maybe he actually does play top four. If he ends up playing top four, that would be a bit of a problem. But in like a limited third pairing role, I don't think that you can complain too much about the value proposition. Personally, I would still take Dmitry Kulikov over Russell. I feel like Kulikov for me is a better defender and he brings a little bit more physicality, strength, and, and just general defensive awareness over what Russell brings. But, you know, the Oilers are going to bring back the guys that they like. I think Russell seems to be at least appreciated by their management team. It is what it is. That does it for most of the free agent signings. There are a couple of other minor deals, but nothing too exciting to write home about. If that changes, you'll definitely hear about it over the next couple of weeks. But for now, we're going to check in on some of the world's top pro sports mascots. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit more about one of the top auto parts stores in the world, rockauto.com. 
When it comes to buying automotive repair parts, it can be hard to figure out exactly what you need. Unless you're an automotive expert, the world of car maintenance is definitely a bit up in the air for most folks. Do you wish that there was a one-stop shop that was both safe and convenient to use? If so, you'll love rockauto.com. The fine folks at rockauto.com have over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry, and their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to search and filter by make, year, model, and part type, as well as price range, so you get the exact parts you need at the prices you want. Best of all, you don't need a membership to use their website, and everyone, regardless of experience level or industry, pays the same prices. You could save anywhere from 20 to 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. Why go anywhere else during quarantine when you can go online at rockauto.com and get the same exact parts for less? Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com has exactly what you're looking for. When you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now going to take a brief look at a Bleacher Report Top 25 Pro Sports mascots. And I kind of wanted to look at the top 10 and see if any of these mascots are actually better than Gritty, worse, maybe on par, something even. Who knows? I don't really know the world of pro mascotting, so this is kind of a new thing for me too. Interestingly though, at the top of their list is another Philadelphia icon, especially if you like the Phillies baseball team, and that is the Philly Fanatic. Now, as far as like the Fanatic is concerned, he's definitely somebody with a ton of personality. I've seen plenty of videos of the Fanatic doing all sorts of weird stuff. He also likes to ride around on an ATV around the field. I think he had like a dance-off with a security guard or something. Everyone seems to know the Fanatic just because of the Fanatic's antics. The mascot itself is kind of a strange-looking alien thing. It's very green. I don't know if it's supposed to be green like the, the grass on the field or not, or, or what it's supposed to be. Instead of like a normal mouth, it's got this weird cone nose-looking thing, and as far as designs are concerned, it's definitely a little bit more distinctive. It still has that kind of generic puppety kind of look, but I have to give the Fanatic like a 7 out of 10. I think the Fanatic's personality and, and antics kind of make it more of an attraction than it otherwise might be. If this is the best mascot on the list, though, I do kind of wonder who else makes the top 10. Apparently, the honor of second best mascot belongs to Jackson DeVille, which is for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jackson proclaims himself the best mascot in sports, although I don't know if that's really true. People have voted for this mascot before, and apparently this mascot likes to ride down from a uh, some sort of a cable or something in the sky. I have no idea if Jackson DeVille's whole thing is to be like a stunt performer, but as far as the mascot itself is concerned, I have to give it like a 6.5 out of 10. We've seen like big cat-themed uh, mascots throughout the entire world of pro sports. Most of them aren't that exciting. I will give the, uh, the actor playing Jackson DeVille a ton of credit, though, because some of the stunt that Jackson DeVille does are pretty scary, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably have a little bit of pee coming out of me hanging from the sky. At third place, I think, is one that a lot of you Canadian listeners will appreciate, and that is the Raptor from the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, the Raps are a very big deal in Canada. They're probably one of the biggest sports teams that everyone across the country kind of rallies around because they are the only Canadian NBA franchise, and they were champions fairly recently, which is not exactly a thing Canadian sports are known for outside of the Olympics and hockey. You know, the Blue Jays have tried to be pretty decent, but generally speaking, they've fallen just short of the mark. Most of the Canadian NHL teams in some capacity have, have sort of blown amazing leads or just not really been very good at all. The Raps seem to be one of the few teams that's been able to create more playoff success in recent memory 
memory. And even though they did exit this year's playoff picture, I think that generally speaking, Toronto has had a much better run than a lot of other sports franchises in Canada. I guess winning a championship title is probably a low bar to clear, but you know, it is a pretty major accomplishment for a franchise that generally speaking, wasn't seen as a huge contender until the past couple of seasons, especially when you have the likes of Golden State and the Lakers hanging around. At fourth on the list is a mascot from another Canadian franchise, although this one is from the NHL, and this is one that I've talked about before as being a very terrifying mascot, and that is Montreal's Yuppie. I have no idea how Yuppie ends up at fourth overall on this list, because the only thing I associate Yuppie with is more nightmares, but maybe this is some kind of an older list, and maybe there's a new updated version somewhere. I haven't seen it. I hate Yuppie. It's just a very scary looking thing. I, I feel like it just wants to kill me in my sleep or something. I don't know. Some of these mascots have that effect on you. Yuppie just has these eyes that look like if you stare back into them, you can see the abyss from beyond. If I were to give the Raptor like a 7 out of 10, I'd probably give Yuppie, I think the score I gave him yesterday or, or the day before was about a 3 out of 10. So yeah, the Raptor wins my vote for much cooler than Yuppie. At 5th overall, we return to the world of baseball with Mr. Met, which is basically what looks to be some kind of a sentient baseball on legs. The Mets in general are like hilariously incompetent, and I feel like the only thing that I recognize about them, aside from Syndergaard, is the mascot. I can't say I know a ton about the team, but I do know that, generally speaking, they've been mismanaged. I think they've gone through some firings recently to try and shake up the front office, and it's just like, you know, aside from the uh, the mascot and some of the star players, there's not a whole lot else to associate the Mets with other than disappointment. Apparently, Mr. Met has been in existence for forever, at least several decades by now, maybe five to six decades, so he's definitely an older mascot. His design kind of has an oddly vintage look to it, but I think what's kind of funniest is that he has like this constantly happy expression, although there's like this slight upturn in his eyes that almost looks like he's very worried that something bad is going to happen. I tend to think that the scariest thing that Mr. Met could probably come across is actually watching his own baseball team play, especially now that he's, <laughs> you know, got the visage of a Mets player for the rest of his life. If ever you express, you know, a little bit of regret and sadness for a mascot, say a prayer for Mr. Met. I think Mr. Met's probably got one of the most cursed existences not named Yuppie. Since Mr. Met is at least a little bit more interesting than most of the other mascots, I'm going to give him a 7.5 out of 10. I think he deserves a little bit of pity for the kind of sad existence that Mr. Met has probably had to endure as a member of the Mets. It must suck to be the mascot of a, a lesser New York baseball team while watching the Yankees basically curb stomp most of the American League over the past couple of seasons. Who knows, Mr. Met, maybe there's hope for you yet one day. Up next, we'll take a look at mascots 5 through 10 on the list and see if any of them play for a, uh, a franchise as sad as the Mets. But before that, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Built Go. If you have listened to this podcast before, I'm sure by now you've heard about the greatness that is the Built Bar, which is a protein bar alternative to the usual dry, boring ones you're used to. But when it comes to Built, they always like to innovate and come up with new products. And now their mad scientists have come up with Built Go. When I wake up every day, I face a lot of obstacles and walls standing in the way of me getting my work done and making progress. That's when I turn to Built Go's one and a half ounce packages that are delicious and convenient so I can kick those walls down and get my day started. Built Go is the perfect pre-workout gel or if you're looking for something for a kick right before you go golfing, surfing, whatever crazy sport you're into, their healthy and delicious alternatives to those five-hour energy crashes are perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Every Built Go package is fortified with beta alanine, B3, honey, a little bit of caffeine, B6, B12, and collagen protein. You'll have hours of energy all day. To get started kicking your walls down, visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, be sure to use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. Closing us out, we are looking at mascots 5 through 10 on the top 25 pro sports mascot power rankings according to Bleacher Report, a couple of years ago most likely. At 6th overall, we've got a very strange one. These are the Milwaukee Brewers racing sausages, and yes, they actually do run around the field and race each other. Apparently, there used to be like a virtual version of this race, and for some reason, somebody got the idea that what's better than having a virtual sausage race than actually having real people get in costumes and run around the field doing the same thing. They all seem to wear slightly disconcerting-looking sausage costumes. I don't really know if they're actually sausages or just weird people that look like sausages. Either way, I'm going to have to give them like a 5 out of 10. They're a little frightening and maybe questionably designed. They are a little bit scary, I can't lie. Maybe Mr. Med is not the scariest baseball mascot after all. With the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at 6th overall, we have Casey Wolf. This mascot thankfully replaces something that was a bit more racist back in the old days, and instead they've brought in a longtime Kansas City Chiefs fan who has been doing the Casey Wolf stuff for almost a decade and a half, if not longer. Casey Wolf loves riding it on an ATV. I don't know why this is like the default for almost every mascot now, but apparently 4x4s are a lot more common than I thought they were. Either way, the uh, the Casey Wolf loves doing like all sorts of stunts and tricks. The wolf itself is kind of scary looking. It doesn't look like a wolf at all. It looks like, I think the article says it looks like a rat, but I think that's probably a bit generous. It is some kind of indescribable fur ball that looks like it's wearing a tan suit of some sort. On the premise, I'm going to give it like a solid seven. I feel like if you're replacing a racist caricature and you also like to do stunts and you're a longtime fan, I can live with that a lot more than some of the usual mascot crap that goes on. At seventh overall is the Miami Heat's Bernie, and, and Bernie is, I don't even know it looks like gritty just had a really bad day and kind of got really sad and decided to stick a, a like a tennis ball basketball to his face i have no idea what this thing is it's terrifying it's got huge shoes it looks I, again kind of like it's seen really hard days bernie was probably on the set of sesame street and then this is what retirement has brought him bernie gets like a five and a half out of ten because i feel like if you were on the set of sesame street and this is where you've ended up you deserve at least a slightly above average score for being terrifying but at least a little bit uh, sympathetic or pitiable at eighth overall we've got wally the green monster who is you know so named after boston's own green monster wall which you know again not really shocking can't say that the name gives me a whole lot here for creativity the mascot itself is very simple it just looks like a big green thing with a beard of some sort I can't really give this one more than like a 5 out of 10. It's a very average mascot, nothing too distinctive. And like the dumber you make the name, the less I can give credit for. And again, I also hate Boston sports, so I apologize if you like Boston sports. I I don't hate you, I just hate the Red Sox. I've heard constantly about how they're the underdogs in every series and World Series I've ever played in. Maybe they should get a real mascot for once, huh? The mascot's the real underdog compared to the rest of the world's best mascots. Also, in recording this, I do realize that I actually miscounted. We are now on the 10th overall pick which is Jazz Bear from the Utah Jazz. I feel like if I talk badly about the Utah Jazz's mascot, I'm going to get in trouble with uh, our, our Locked On podcast founder, David. So I will uh, I will keep my mascot critiques pretty basic here, nothing too, uh, too crazy. In all fairness, Jazz Bear is actually not too bad at all. It does kind of look like a, a weird version of Chewbacca, who I think kind of got really tired of being in the Star Wars universe and decided pro sports was the move. Apparently, Jazz Bear is known for getting into it with uh, members of the crowd. 
Some of it is probably staged. I don't think Jazz Bear could get away with dropping cakes and water on unsuspecting fans or yelling at opposing fans either, but apparently that's part of his whole shtick. I feel like it is really entertaining regardless. Considering that and the fact that Jazz Bear actually kind of looks decently distinctive, I mean, a little frightening, I'm not going to lie, but at least the face is fairly realistic. I'm going to give Jazz Bear like a solid 8 out of 10. This is a pretty good mascot. Apparently Jazz Bear loves interacting with fans, so on the basis of that, I gotta give Jazz Bear a pretty good score. Looking at this top 10 list, I don't know that any of these mascots really outdoes Gritty. I think Gritty is like a, a cult of personality at this point, and more so than some of these other mascots, Gritty just seems to be involved in a lot of pop culture stuff. I feel like Gritty's ubiquity kind of makes him a very unique mascot in the sense that everyone seems to know him, whether or not they're a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers. I've never seen like a sports branding image have that kind of staying power outside of like really well-known players. With that, that's going to do it for our most recent coverage of our mascot marathon. On the next episode, we'll take a look at 11 through 25 and see if any of these other mascots are decent. I'm sure some of these are going to be better than the ones at the top of the list because, to be honest, the top of the list was a little bit underwhelming for me. With that, that will do it for tonight's show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our mascot coverage. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National podcast hosted by Sarah Avampado. As always, thank you so much. Have a great night, and go Jets go!